Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, following up on the Hancock County Commissioner's plan to purchase most of the Findlay Mall, Economic Development Director Tim Miley shares his thoughts on how that might impact the overall future revitalization of the property. Also this morning, the Command Sergeant Major of the U.S. Army Reserve explains what it means to be part of the best trained, best equipped, most ready reserve in history on their 113th birthday. And we have another collection of easy-to-make recipes for your family to enjoy from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, April 23rd, 2021. like to start each day uh, just with a quick overview of some of the celebrations uh, that are on the calendar because every day is a day worth celebrating. However, uh, there sometimes are some on the list where I kind of scratch my head and say, do we really need this celebration? And here is a perfect example. Today, Friday, April 23rd, the 113th day of 2021 is, are you ready for this, International Nose Picking Day. I kid you not, that's what it says, International Nose Picking Day. (laughs) There's got to be more to celebrate than that. It is also German Beer Day, it is Lover's Day, Movie Theater Day, National Cherry Cheesecake Day, National Lost Dog Awareness Day today, National Picnic Day. Not sure it's going to be warm enough for a picnic today, but take a chance day. Take a chance and have a picnic today. It is Talk Like Shakespeare Day, because today is the uh, anniversary, the birth of William Shakespeare. Also the anniversary of the death of William Shakespeare. He died on his birthday. Not the same day, obviously, but um, World Laboratory Day, and today is the Day of Silence. I thought about uh, celebrating that, but that would make for a very boring show. A day of silence on the radio. But anyway, those are the uh, celebrations, the reasons uh, to celebrate today. A new study from Boston College is confirming what we already knew, that the coronavirus pandemic has had a significant impact on Americans' mental health. According to this research, again, Boston College, reports of anxiety increased by 50% and depression, 44% by November of 2020. Uh, Those rates are six times higher than they were in 2019. The impact most severe with adults between the ages of 18 to 29, rates of anxiety and depression were up 65 and 61% uh, respectively in that age category. And this research will add fuel to the argument That the cure for the coronavirus pandemic, the lockdowns, the quarantines, all of the event cancellations, maybe the cure was worse than the disease. And this will add fuel to that fire. A couple of other interesting things among the first things you need to know this morning. Here's something to consider as you get up and head off to work this morning. Uh, When it comes lunchtime, something to keep in mind, remember that you heard this when it comes to when it comes lunchtime, people are more likely to make unhealthy 
lunch choices if their co-workers eat poorly. A study of 6,000 workers at Massachusetts General Hospital found that the people we eat lunch with uh, shape our... Well, let's try that again. What they found was... I've tried to reword this on the fly. It says, uh, our eating... The eating patterns... Our eating patterns are shaped by our lunchtime companions. Even if they are just casual acquaintances. Even if it's not like our best friend at work that we're eating lunch with. Whoever it is that we're eating with at work shapes our eating patterns. Hmm. The findings, a researcher said, could help design new public health interventions in cafeterias and workplaces to encourage more wholesome lunch choices. But anyway, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Something to keep in mind. The people you eat lunch with will shape how well you eat at lunch. Um, some of the other uh, interesting and buzzworthy stories. Um, from the file of Who Knew, a new study has found that dolphins can hold a grudge. I know this seems very random, but I saw this on the Newswire and I thought, that's, that's really wild. Researchers at Bristol University found that male bottlenose dolphins have a complex social network and will cooperate with dolphins who have helped them in the past, but they will not come to the aid of an animal who has snubbed them in their time of need. Here's <laughs> got dolphins hold a grudge. Who knew? That's I mean, just crazy story. Um, speaking of animals uh, in the news, this is a story that is under the file of you know you are having a bad day when. Um, happened on a highway in Florida. 71-year-old woman is uh, driving down the highway when a turtle crashed through her windshield while she was on the highway, struck her in the head. The Port Orange Police Department said the woman called 911. Uh, luckily, she still had her wits about her. A turtle comes crashing through the windshield, smacks her in the head, and she has the wherewithal to con call 911. She reported that an object came through her windshield. And, uh, oh, well, I guess, I, I'm sorry. I should go back here. The uh, woman who called 911 said that the uh, she was the driver, said the object came through the windshield and hit her mother. Her 71-year-old mother was sitting in the passenger seat. Uh, both the woman and the turtle suffered only minor injuries and are expected to recover. Firefighters released the turtle in the nearby woods. So, But that is one of those stories that you know you're having a bad day. <laughs> no matter how bad your day is, that's how we should word it. No matter how bad your day is today, if you have not been struck in the head by a flying turtle through your windshield, then all things considered, it could be worse. <clears throat> That's what came to mind. New bill moving through the legislature in the state of Illinois could make it illegal to release a large amount of balloons outside. No more balloon releases in the state of Illinois if this bill passes. House Bill 418 would include balloon re releases as celebratory gatherings, like at weddings or birthday parties. Infringement could result in a $500 fine. Now, balloon releases would still be permitted for higher education and scientific or meteorological purposes. Bill was introduced by Representative Sam Yingling, 
Democrat from Round Beach, Illinois, as an amendment to the Environmental Protection Act said it was intended to prevent the organized release of large quantities of balloons, which apparently are bad for the environment. So no more balloon releases in the state of Illinois if the law passes. It is just moving through the House in Illinois right now. But uh, stay tuned. And uh, the swimwear brand Poor Me, Poor Me, has released a map of the best places to sunbathe nude in the U.S. <laughs> Summer's coming up. This is important information you need to know. According to this research, if you are looking to sun your entire body with a sands tan lines, uh, there are only four states that you will want to avoid completely. Utah, Indiana, Tennessee, and South Carolina. Apparently, no nude beaches in those states. Utah does not surprise me. But Indiana, Tennessee, and South Carolina, the others. Uh, the Swim Air Company also found that people in Wyoming, Vermont, Alaska, North Dakota, and South Dakota are the most likely to search online for nudist resorts and other places to sunbathe nude. Really? Alaska? Well, I guess maybe you can't do that at home in Alaska very well. <laughs> so, you got to find someplace. Um, by the way, internationally, 39 countries allow nudity or toplessness, while 29, including the U.S., are more ambiguous and have some places that allow topless sunbathing, others that do not. But... Uh, Anyway, important information that you will want to know as we come up on summer. Just want to make sure that we are thorough here. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started. WFIN News, I'm John Marshall. The WTOL 11 first alert forecast is calling for mostly sunny skies today and a high of 60, partly cloudy tonight and a low of 42. Don't be an easy target. Lock your doors. That's the message the Hancock County Sheriff's Office is sending to county residents after a rash of break-ins to unlock cars and homes in the southern part of the county. The Sheriff's Office is reminding people that the easiest way to prevent yourself from being an easy target is to simply lock your doors. The Sheriff's Office is suggesting that people start a new 9 p.m. routine that includes locking up their vehicles, locking the doors to their house, and locking their windows. I'm Matt Demchek reporting. Habitat for Humanity of Findlay and Hancock County has opened a new Financial Opportunity Center in Findlay. The services are designed to engage, educate, and empower individuals and families. And FOC Manager Dustin Fuller says those services are free of charge and there's no income guidelines. Get more details on our website. A $75 billion state budget containing a 2% personal income tax cut has been approved by the Ohio House. The income tax cut would cost the state $380 million in tax revenue over the biennium. Majority Republicans characterized it as an important benefit for Ohioans economically strapped by the past year's global pandemic. House Democrats largely opposed the bill, arguing its funding priorities were misplaced. Daniel Barnett, ONN News. The budget must next clear the Ohio Senate, where hearings are underway. National Honor Society students at Finley High School are hoping to make an impact on the health and beauty of Hancock County's environment through a new Earth Day project called Blue and Gold Goes Green. 
The litter cleanup project is a result of a new collaboration between the United Way, the Blanchard River Watershed Partnership, and Findlay City Schools, and will take place today as nearly 90 students will pick up and document litter at three sites around Findlay. Get more on our website. More news online anytime at WFIN.com. I'm John Marshall with 1330 WFIN. And now our cover story this morning. Last week, the Hancock County Commissioners made headlines with their plan to buy up a large portion of the Findlay Mall property, converting some of what was retail space into a new probate and juvenile court, along with locating possible additional operations out there. Economic Development Director Tim Miley joins us this morning with his take on that plan. Tim, I know when we when we talked some months ago, uh, when the mall had uh, had changed hands, you said that everything was on the table uh, in, with respect to redevelopment of that space. Was this this what you had in mind? You know, n- maybe not at the time when we talked about it, but several years ago when Gumberg had the mall and the county was looking at all their different space and trying to figure options, mm-hmm. we, we talked about the mall back then because. For the reasons that they did it, because of its location and access to parking, and it's already there and saved the cost. So, you know, I think what I think they made a really smart decision there. In speaking with uh, Commissioner Tim Bechtel uh, last week, which again was uh, particularly interesting because uh, obviously he's an architect, so uh, like you, he can kind of look at what is currently there and and see all the possibilities. I got the impression that the county isn't really quite sure to do what to do with all of the space. Uh, that they will uh, own if this uh, indeed uh, goes through because they need some space for the court and maybe other operations, but certainly it's going to be more than what they need. It it is, and I've talked to Commissioner Bechtel a few different times, and so I'm one of those that really want to understand it because our objectives are the same, is we want to have that filled up with whatever is going to be there. Mm -hmm. And so when I talked to the commissioner even yesterday, I gave him a heads up and coming to talk to you and uh, <laughs> didn't want him to hear it on the radio the first time without talking to me. But, you know, we're going to work closely with them. Once they figure out, they'll take care of their needs. And then I really want to work with them because when Gumberg had them all, they didn't work with us very much. I knew them, but mm-hmm. they, they really weren't yeah. working with us. Cohan is, you know, split it up, but he was working with us. But now we really have a partner that we can we can address the the spaces they're not going to use. I, that was going to be about one of my questions of whether you had spoken with commissioners and uh, and started any kind of uh, discussions or dialogue uh, about the possible uh, long range planning with respect to that site. Yeah, so we want. I'd like to really understand what's going to be left over uh, of the space, and then how, what is their mindset of how they plan to handle that of leasing strategies and do they care what's in there do they not care what's in there mm-hmm. and because I, i've still the stuff that we've talked about in the past of right. maybe some you know the children's museum is a good example of some family entertainment things mm-hmm. restaurants have done it well right. out there so you know, we'll be their biggest advocate to go out there and help them fill the space. With respect to that, one of the other questions that we asked Commissioner Bechtel when uh, he was with us last week was about whether the county would be comfortable serving as a landlord themselves to possible uh, retail tenants in that space or or whether they would seek to subcontract that to a property management firm or something like that. He indicated that they really hadn't made uh, a decision. Would you have a preference from an economic development standpoint? You know, um, I haven't thought through that too much, but I like the idea of the commissioners having it just because we got such a good relationship with them where mm-hmm. we can go in there and get creative and be, have that relationship with, with yeah. the landlord. So, 
you know, they'll, they'll do whatever. We'll work with whatever decision they make. But you're right. They haven't made that decision yet. Are, are there in your experience, would, would there be any uh, possible uh, tenants that that might uh, think twice if it if they were renting from a public entity as opposed to a private business uh, management I, firm? Or not, like that? not that I'm aware of. I don't, okay. I don't think anybody have any issue with that. So and that wouldn't and I think everything's on the table. We, we had a, a retailer that was trying to purchase the front half of the parking lot of the big R as of three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And we we're working with Cohan and, and the pricing wouldn't work out. And like I told the commissioner, I said, it's assuming you guys close on this. I've got people that may be interested in buying lots off of you and going forward. Mm-hmm. So those will be the things that we'll, we'll, we'll tee up after they go through their due diligence. And if they are in a position to purchase it. Well, as we've said before, the, the key to filling those uh, empty spaces will be generating foot traffic. Um, what, is what the county is proposing uh, the the right kind of foot traffic, or does it does it matter? I mean, does the the use of uh, of the space would their use be of the space uh, be any better or worse than any other kind of uh, you know use of the space? It, it's not uh, the foot traffic where they're going to be going out and purchasing a lot of stuff. Yeah, but it's still good to have it out there. You know, there's there's some examples in northwestern ohio in port clinton there was an old strip mall where now the county government purchased and mm-hmm. and they have their operations out there and it works great so you know they got to take care of themselves first but it's nice because they're kind of going to be on the north end mm-hmm. and the south side will probably remain looking feeling operating like yeah. the mall and and the other thing too that we're interested in is as they evaluate all their land around you think about downtown board of elections over there on Lincoln Street and in the Cafe Marie building, the commissioner's office and right, some of those other right, ones, yeah. is if they elect to move any of those, we'll also be working with them yeah. and we'll help them to figure out, does that look like a sale? Does that Are they leasing that space out? Because mm-hmm. there's some really valuable property it, that they're in downtown. Would open up, yeah, it would open up those spaces uh, if they were to uh, move those operations out there. Yeah, we touched on that uh, before uh, as well. Um, it, it was kind of interesting um, when the mall property, when the existing, I wasn't even uh, aware that, that you could do, you could take an existing building and split it into... Uh, lots and sell right. off part of your building the way uh, they uh, have done this. Would there be the possibility of further splitting the lot that that the county yep. commissioners would uh, have are looking at purchasing if they decide they don't need it and they don't want to be sure. landlords? Yeah, they so could. You could still they further. Could. It's just like condoing. You yeah. could split it as in as many directions as you would like. So absolutely, I mean, there could be a scenario where they have the J.C. Penny, the Elder Beerman, and mm-hmm. and they say, you know what, we just rather sell it. Yeah. And so I'm sure there'll be all the pieces that they they take a look at. And so, and, and the other thing is, we still want to address the corridors we've talked in the past for for safety and aesthetics and, and working through that area as well. It is really interesting uh, that that some of this is more of a big picture, not necessarily um, this specific project, but just big picture. Because you mentioned this is not the only area where the only place where something like this is happening. It's I think it's interesting that some of the old rules with regard to urban planning don't seem to apply anymore. I mean, it, there was a time when mixing. Uh, retail and public government operations and office space and even residential was a big no-no. You right. wanted each of them in their areas. 
and now that's actually kind of what you're aiming for yeah and you actually don't have to look too far from the mall to see a repurposed building the old rca building on fostoria good example and yeah. when they closed down in 2000 and the community purchased that and the county and the city were part of that and and we tried a business incubator for a while and you know 07 and 08 09 hit and mm-hmm. but now you know richard or joe kirk bought that and they've got that building entire filled up with a mixture of multiple businesses and office and construction so yeah. that went from industrial and now there's a bank there that they built the bank on the outlet so right. you know kind of a similar situation where he had a, a original intention of a building that has totally changed its purpose yeah and and that's kind of the reason we wanted to uh, have this discussion because uh, obviously there are people on hearing this news we have all kinds of uh, thoughts, ideas, and, and really nobody knows exactly what this is going to look like. So kind of to give people an idea of, of what this may ultimately, a lot has yet to be decided, right. but give people an idea of the vision here. Yeah, and that, that's a, that's, this is a good time where the commissioners are doing their due diligence. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no bad ideas. Everybody, did, what are your thoughts? So that way, if they do close on the property, we can start implementing some of these ideas. All right. Uh, again, uh, Economic Development Director Tim Miley with us uh, this morning. His take on the uh, county's uh, plan uh, to uh, buy up a good portion of the uh, Findlay Mall. We'll see where it goes from here. Tim, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate you're, it. You're welcome. Well, did you know that today the U.S. Army Reserve marks its 113th birthday? They are without question the best trained, best equipped, most ready Army Reserve in history. And joining us this morning is Command Sergeant Major Andrew Lombardo, the 14th Command Sergeant Major of the U.S. Army Reserve. Uh, Command Sergeant Major, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. First of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a question that I'm sure for you is pretty basic, but for those who are not familiar with kind of the superstructure of the of the military, explain the difference between the regular Army and the Army Reserve. So good morning, Chris, and thank you for having me and giving me an opportunity to talk about the significance of April to the United States Army Reserve. So yeah, I, I got that. Um, if you would, please uh, let me give a shout out to uh, nearby uh, Monclova, which is the home of the 983rd Engineer Battalion and the 486th Engineer Company. Uh, they go by the motto, Essayons, which is an audacious way of saving, saying, moving, move aside and let us try. <laughs> so, yeah, so the main difference between the regular Army and the Army Reserve, what a great question. Uh, we're a separate component in the Army Reserve, but we're really two sides of the same coin. The regular Army are full-time soldiers, Whereas in the United States Army Reserve, you could pursue a civilian career and attend college full-time while still serving your community and your country through monthly and annual training. And we also have full-time soldiers in the Army Reserve as well. Uh, Army Reserve soldiers are sometimes called to serve active duty for mobilizations, either overseas or stateside. The Army Reserve is 20% of the total Army force for 6% of the budget, and that's pretty helpful to the American taxpayer. Mm-hmm. The Army Reserve shares talents with the civilian sector, um, specifically high demand skills uh, that are, exist in the civilian community, but they're too expensive to maintain on active duty. And let me just highlight a couple of them. Medical professionals, lawyers, logisticians, cyber warriors, communications professionals such as yourself, and we have some pretty cool dirty jobs like locomotive operators, plumbers, and engineers. In the Army Reserve, you can answer your calling, live where you want, 
You could earn medical and educational benefits. You could pay off those student loan debt and all while building for retirement. And as my wife likes to say, to sum it up in the Army Reserve, you don't have to make the choice between pursuing a civilian career and serving your country. You can do both. But it's not really about that. It's about the 113th birthday of the Army Reserve and this year's theme, which is celebrating the courage of the Army Reserve soldier. Yeah, I wanted to uh, key in on that because I think that's an interesting theme. This year's birthday celebration is celebrating the courage of the Army Reserve soldier. Kind of expand on that a little bit. What does that mean to you? So I'll tell you what it means to the Army Reserve. So courage is one of the values uh, in the United States Army. And courage is not about the absence of fear, but it's rather overcoming fear for something more important. And for 113 years, at home or abroad, the ordinary men and women of the Army Reserve have conquered fear, and they've never failed to meet the challenges of their time. And I want to highlight two examples. I want to talk about Sergeant James Witkowski, who was protecting a convoy in Iraq in 2005. His convoy was hit by roadside bombs and gunfire, and he engaged the enemy to protect his team. During the battle, an insurgent threw a grenade that landed inside his vehicle through the turret. Sergeant Witkowski had a, a choice that he had to make immediately, jump out or absorb the blast and save lives. And for him, the choice was easy. Witkowski smothered the grenade with his own body, and he saved the lives of three soldiers in the vehicle. He received the Silver Star. His family received the Silver Star to honor his courage and valor. And Sergeant Witkowski is an American hero. I'd also like to talk about Specialist Justin McBain. Just last week, he received the Soldier's Medal. And that's the Army's highest award for heroism outside of combat. So what did he do? He disregarded his own safety to save the lives of American citizens. He observed a traffic accident on the side of a highway in Racine, Wisconsin. He rushed out of his vehicle and ran towards two burning vehicles. He ripped off the shattered glass and the steering wheel that was trapping uh, one citizen and extracted them as well as another person from the burning vehicle. That takes courage, and that's an Army value. Those are amazing stories. Um, as we mentioned, U.S. Army Reserve, best trained, best equipped, most ready in history. But, you know, that's a that's a moving target. I mean, that's something a year from now we'll say the same thing, that uh, they're the best trained, the most ready, uh, even more so than today. And 20 years from now, even more so still. Uh, this is something that is continually uh, uh, part of the process uh, and, and, and continual uh, improvement. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, you know, the Army Reserve was founded in 1908, 113 years ago, and started with a small group of medical professionals, and it's evolved to uh, what, we, what is the force of today. 200,000 strong, highly trained citizen soldiers and Army civilians. And the Army Reserve's in all 50 states and five U.S. territories. I like to say from Maine to the Northern Marianas. Um, and it is the best trained, best equipped, most ready Army Reserve in the nation's history. And we need to keep it that way. So what are we doing? We change our priorities. Our priorities are people, readiness, and modernization. So right now our focus is, is on our people. And that's critical to maintaining the readiness we need to meet the nation's objectives. And we're simultaneously modernizing to meet the challenges of the future. If I could, put it in a, if I could paraphrase it, we're ready now and we're seeking to shaping tomorrow. But what I really want people to know is that 113 years, the Army Reserve has been 
ready to meet the nation's call. And I'm really proud to be able to celebrate and highlight the Army Reserve on the Army Reserve's birthday. 113th birthday of the U.S. Army Reserve. Command Sergeant Major Andrew Lombardo with us this morning. Where do uh, folks learn more uh, about what it is that you do and learn more about the opportunities available in the uh, U.S. Army Reserve? Yeah, no, great. And as part of the, the, the birthday, we're hosting several virtual events to learn more about the Army Reserve's 113 years of service to the nation. You could visit us at usar.army.mil, and that's usar.army.mil. And one way you could help celebrate our birthday with us is by giving us a shout out on your social media platforms by using our hashtag, which is hashtag USAR birthday 113 again command sergeant major andrew lombardo with us uh, this morning command sergeant major thank you very much for uh, your time thank you for your service we appreciate you joining us it's my pleasure have a good morning we interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news is brought to you as a public service more or less of hancock county veteran services A Florida couple has found a creative way to uh, get the wedding venue of their dreams, and they did it for next to nothing. Didn't quite work out the way they anticipated, and I can't say that this would be uh, an advisable way for uh, others to try, but when Shanita Jones and Courtney Wilson found their dream home was for sale, They assumed that the $5.7 million estate was unoccupied, and they proceeded to invite guests to two days' worth of wedding festivities without bothering to rent the property or even let the owner know. (laughs) It's up for sale. It must be empty. So we'll just have a wedding bash there at this uh, property that's for sale. When the couple showed up for their nuptials, they ran into Nathan Finkel, the property owner. Uh, and, and they had the nerve to harass the guy, telling them, telling him it was God's message that they get married at his home. Mr. Finkel uh, was not amused. He called uh, 911, had them removed. He is not pressing charges, but... <laughs> oh, hey... This house is for sale. It must be empty. We'll just have our wedding there. (laughs) Only in Florida. Uh, Elsewhere in the broken news, a Pennsylvania woman is facing numerous charges after breaking into a neighbor's house while she was naked and stealing a beer. (laughs) According to the police complaint, the neighbor's teenage son was home when Jessica Chase entered through the basement door stole a Corona Extra from an upstairs fridge, and exposed herself. Well, she was naked when she did all this. She drank the beer right there on the front porch while wrapped in a blanket, put her empty bottle in a flower pot, and then went back to her home. <laughs> when troopers arrived, police say she seemed to be under the influence of some sort of intoxicating substance other than the beer that she stole. They uh, did spot drug paraphernalia in the house, Uh, According to state police, uh, Ms. Chase faces multiple charges, including burglary, criminal trespassing, and endangering the welfare of children for exposing herself to the teenager next door. (laughs) She just, while naked, broke into a neighbor's house, stole a beer. (laughs) Next time, maybe buy your own.
39-year-old con man arrested for dating. Now, this actually is a this is a pretty uh, ingenious scam. Again, I can't recommend it necessarily, but you got to give this guy some manner of credit. 39-year-old con man in Japan, Takashi Maya, Mayawaga, was arrested for dating 35 women at the same time in order to collect birthday gifts. <laughs> Mr. Mayawaga uh, told each woman that he had a different birth date. <laughs> they all bought him gifts. He had 35 girlfriends, each with a different birth date. He stands accused of swindling the women out of a combined 100,000 yen, which is just a little shy of 1,000 bucks, American. Um, uh, that is a total of the money spent on birthday presents, clothes, and cash. Uh, according to news reports, there, there may, may still be more victims who have yet to come forward. <laughs> File that under. Sounded like a good idea at the time. That's kind of like the, uh, the uh, couple that uh, decided to have their wedding at the house that was for sale. Sounded like a good idea at the time. Didn't work out. Um... <laughs> this this was a uh, a a really funny uh story out of oh golly I'm not sure exactly where this is I guess it really doesn't matter uh apparently police uh found a or somebody recovered a Nintendo Switch gaming console you know the the portable gaming console uh the Nintendo Switch apparently somebody left it behind at a, a local park and again I don't know where this uh is exactly but they turned it into the police department. So they wanted to do the right thing. They found this. They turned it into the police. Um, <laughs> and the police <laughs> recently posted on uh, Facebook, uh, we've beaten all of your high scores and spent all your gold coins in the game. Uh, and we're bored now so you can come and pick up your, <laughs> your game console. <laughs> the police <laughs> just enjoyed uh, playing the game. Uh, PD spokesman uh, John Joubert, the Bountiful PD, where is that at? I don't know. Uh, posted in Facebook, uh, addressed to Mason and Alley, uh, who apparently they know is the uh, the owners of the Nintendo Switch. Uh, Officer Sanborn uh, picked up the uh, Switch, leveled up, and earned back a few of the coins. So I just thought it was funny. They uh, turned in the Nintendo Switch. Uh, but the uh, police department had a uh, had fun playing the game. Okay. Sometimes you don't have to go very far to find the broken news. Milford, Ohio, which is down around Cincinnati, a man whose job it was to collect the trash has pleaded guilty to several charges related to dumping that garbage and other illegal waste at a makeshift landfill on his own property. <laughs> 52-year-old Donald Combs could face, fo- could face possible jail time for picking up thousands of pounds of trash, thousands of pounds, over the course of four years and putting it in an unlicensed landfill adjacent to his home. Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to put a landfill on your own property? Um, the uh, He's been charged with uh, operating an unlicensed waste hauling business and an unlicensed landfill. Um described as a mass polluter by state authorities, would solicit waste-hauling businesses by placing ads on Craigslist, undercutting competitors who had to factor in their pri- into their prices the appropriate costs of properly dumping 
the waste in a licensed landfill. He didn't have to worry about that because he was... Uh-huh. Cleanup estimated to cost nearly $1.3 million, and apparently this is not the first time he's done this either. In 2019, he was indicted and pleaded guilty to two counts of violating EPA orders, hauling waste to his unlicensed property. Man. And finally, in the broken news this morning, an explosion that rocked several towns in southern New Hampshire earlier this week turned out to be a gender reveal party. A source tells Boston TV station WJAR the blast was so intense that it cracked the foundations of neighbors' homes and knocked pictures off of walls. Some people thought it was an earthquake. No injuries were reported, fortunately. Police in Kingston, New Hampshire, say the family revealed the gender of their baby at a quarry next to their home with permission from the business. But police are investigating property damage and could file charges in the case. The person who purchased and detonated the explosive Tannerite, 80 pounds of it, has turned himself into police. Cracked foundations, neighboring homes, all in a gender reveal. Uh, oh, by the way, it's a boy. There you go. That is today's broken news report. Brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veteran Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Now time for your daily download. The numbers behind the news, the statistics that shape our lives. Yesterday was Earth Day and a new CBS News poll takes a look at what kinds of things Americans would be willing to do to fight climate change. So what would you be willing to do to protect the environment. When asked about an overall approach to the environment and climate, 58% of people said that uh, people should try to change, uh, should try to do things to change it where we can, to to help the environment while where we can. 42% said that people should just learn to adapt and make the best of it. Now, this is kind of interesting. 58 said, 58% said we should do things to improve the impli- uh, the uh, environment and climate outlook, 42% say we just need to adapt to uh, climate change. So obviously there's some crossover there. A significant majority of 72% believe that their generation should make at least some sacrifices to take care of the environment for future generations. And that actually holds true across multiple generations. So uh, each generation talking about their own generation, but they're asking all generations. That makes sense. 72% believe their generation should make at least some sacrifices to take care of the environment for future generations. On specific actions to combat climate change, 64% said that they would install solar panels on their homes. 57% said that they would drive less often. Now, of course, that would be predicated on either A, not going out, doing more like online shopping, things like that, not going out, working at home, working remotely or whatever. 
uh, or using public transportation where that would be available. So 57% said that they would drive less often, but only 42% said that they would switch to public transit. 37% would pay more for utilities. Uh, 35, meaning if they were sourced from clean energy and thus more expensive, 35% would pay higher taxes and 30% would stop eating meat. Younger adults, not surprisingly, younger adults more willing to make many of these changes than older adults. And again, not surprising at all, Democrats more willing than Republicans. So make of all of that what you will, whether you agree, disagree, or what have you, but interesting results from this CBS News poll of what Americans would be willing to do to fight climate change uh, for Earth Day. It was uh, out yesterday. I thought it was kind of interesting. And finally, this morning, to wrap up the week, as we always do, it is time for another collection of easy-to-make recipes for your family to enjoy from Kyra's Kitchen. My wife, Kyra, has joined us in the studio, and she has some really good stuff, uh, as always, uh, including, for dessert, we'll get to this, S'mores Magic Bars. Yes. Which... These are awesome, and, and we've got some nice weather coming up next week. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, backyard campfire, mm-hmm. and you can cook some s'mores over the campfire. Yes. Good stuff. Yes. But before we get to dessert, we can't, uh, we got to have our oh, dinner yeah. before we have dessert. Uh, but this is good stuff. We had this uh, earlier this week. It is uh, tortellini in cream sauce. Yes. So uh, the ingredients are a half a pound of ground beef. Uh, half a t- tablespoon of dried minced onion, a half a tablespoon of minced garlic, three-fourths cup of marsala wine. Uh, if you don't have marsala wine, you can use chicken broth, beef broth. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, two cups of marinara sauce, one tablespoon of basil paste, one teaspoon of dried basil, uh, one package, nine ounce of your refrigerated cheese tort- tortellini, um, and then a fourth cup of heavy cream and Parmesan cheese for your topping. Um, it doesn't actually go in. Yeah, that in. goes, uh, you top it just it goes on top. At the end. Yep. Yeah. So brown your ground beef in a large nonstick skillet. I use my electric wok because uh, I love it and it's big and it's deep. And uh, add your onion and your garlic uh, with your ground beef and cook for about fin- five minutes. Make sure your ground beef is is uh, completely cooked. Right, yep. Right. Uh, stir in your wine, your spaghetti sauce, uh, your basil, uh, pasta, and your dried basil. Uh, bring that all to a, a boil. Then add your pasta, stir, and cover, and cook for about five minutes, stirring occasionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, then add your cream and cook and stir for about another three to five minutes. Depends on how tender you want your pasta. Uh-huh. Um, okay. And then... Um, so uh, about five more minutes is what I did. Okay. Uh, then or until your pasta is tender, then stir occasionally and remove from your heat um, and add your Parmesan cheese and you're done. As simple as that. It, yes. It really is good. Yeah. Uh, it is very sharp. I mean, yeah. it, it has that's a sharp the, taste Yeah, to that's it. the wine, the, the Marsala wine. The wine. Yep. Uh, and I'm thinking, uh, so if you don't want it right. quite so sharp, maybe yep. back off a little on the wine, maybe on the uh, garlic yeah. too. Uh, I don't know. I, I would say it's mostly...
mostly the wine. Uh, use your chicken broth. If yeah. you don't like that sharp taste, your chicken broth or your beef broth won't do oh, that. Okay, yeah. So that might yeah. be. I was yeah. I was thinking I, I was thinking garlic because uh, or yeah. maybe the basil. You've got a lot of basil in there. Yeah, with the yeah. basil paste and the dry yeah. basil. So you might yep. be able to back off on that. A you little can, bit. yeah, yep. Try completely it, just kind what of you want to do. Experiment yep. with that. A, if a you don't bit, like basil, don't use basil. Use well, parsley. Yeah. Use something else. Yeah, I mean, you could do that yeah. too. Yeah. Um, so anyway, just something uh, like yep. that. I thought it was uh, rather sharp. Uh, yeah. But then again, yep. I'm I'm sensitive. Yeah, to that you kind are. Of thing. So you're picky. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, anyway. Um, so, tortellini in cream sauce, and then this is kind of interesting. It's not necessarily the full recipe, right? But if you uh, if you make a side salad, yeah, salads uh, are easy tortellini. to make. I mean, it's lettuce, your is, toppings, and what that's is a it. recipe right. for salad, right? But here you are making your own croutons, croutons. homemade croutons yes. out of hot dog, hot dog buns. buns. Yeah, yep. So, um, if you have some um, leftover hot dog buns, you don't want them to be fresh you want them to be older uh, okay. your older hot a little dog buns. stale yeah a little stale <laughs> a teaspoon of garlic powder um a half a teaspoon of uh fine sea salt if you don't have sea salt regular salt is fine mm-hmm. um teaspoon of dried parsley flakes a quarter teaspoon of ground pepper and or, i'm sorry a half a teaspoon of ground pepper and a quarter cup of olive oil so preheat your oven to 375 cut your hot dog buns into small cubes uh, about you get you can get I would say between fifteen and twenty cubes, depending on how big you per want bun. your yeah per bun. How By the way, you could do this with like uh, older hamburger buns as oh, well yeah, too. Yeah. I mean, it's, yep. we mentioned hot dog buns because yep. that's what we normally have yeah, left over. <laughs> left over <laughs> after uh, we've had yep. our hot dogs, we yep. usually have hot dog buns left over. Yep. But this is great for any leftover buns. Yep. yep. Okay. So use a serrated knife and mm-hmm. cut cut your uh, hot dog buns. Place into a mixing bowl, sprinkle with your garlic powder, your sea salt, your dried parsley flakes, and your pepper um, over the breadcrumbs. Then gently toss all of that Uh um, with your fingers. Drizzle with olive oil and toss again until it's all nice and coated with all the seasonings and all that stuff. Then arrange your uh, bread cubes on a single layer on a rimmed baking sheet. I use my uh, long cookie sheet, Mm -hmm. my 9 by 13 uh, bake for about 15 minutes or until lightly brown. Um, I toss mine a couple times to make sure get them good and okay. brown on, okay. and then remove and allow heat, and then toss them into your salad. Yeah, so there you go. You make your own uh, homemade yep. croutons. Yep. Uh, for your salad, and best of all, use up. We were talking just yep. the other day uh, about uh, food waste yep. and and all yep. of this. this is a great way yep. of not having to just toss out right. those extra couple of buns that yep. you have left over in yep. the package. You can also, some people don't use the heels of their bread. You can use use oh, that, yeah. cut okay. those up yeah, and, sure. and put that in there too. Absolutely. Yep. Um, and then for dessert, yes. the S'mores Magic Bars. Yes. So nine grand crackers uh, sheets, approximately um, 5.4 ounces uh, crushed up. Okay. Um, six tablespoons of butter melted, two tablespoons of granulated sugar, one sixteen and a half half ounce tube of cookie dough at room temperature, uh, one cup of milk chocolate chips, one cup of mini marshmallows, and three fourths cup of sweetened condensed milk. Okay. So preheat your oven to three hundred fifty degrees. Uh, spray a nine by thirteen inch pan with the cooking spray and set aside um, in a large bowl. Um, add your graham cracker uh, crumbs, uh, your butter, and your sugar, and then uh, press that into the bottom of your pan. And then with a scoop, uh, 
spoon scoop um, for the cookie dough mixture on top of the graham cracker crushed and flattened slightly. Okay, it, so you and, scoop that out. Yeah, you put, put it kind of, put little dollops on top of your graham gotcha. crackers, kind of smoosh it down, but you're still going to see some graham crackers, and that's no big deal. Okay. That's fine. Um, the rest of the yummy stuff's going to cover all that up, and it's all going <laughs> to bake and be really yummy. So um, um, then sprinkle with your chocolate chips, your mini marshmallows, drizzle with your sweet, sweetened condensed milk, bake for about 22 to 27 minutes until your edges are golden brown, um, and then take out of the oven, let the bars cool over the uh, overnight, and there you go. Mm. Ready to go. Lovely. Yes. Mm. S'mores Magic yeah. Bars. Uh, we were mentioning we've got great weather coming up yes. uh, for campfires uh, next week, yeah. but for those days when it's raining yeah. or, <laughs> or snowing, <laughs> or snowing uh, <laughs> when you can't do s'mores, yeah. you can have them uh, year-round. Yes. Uh, the tortellini in cream sauce. The uh, homemade croutons with the hot dog buns and the s'mores magic bars, all of those recipes are posted on our Facebook page, on the uh, WFIN Facebook page, and that is also linked up at goodmornings.net, so you can uh, check those out. And again, we've mentioned before, I'll mention it again, if you have a favorite recipe you would like to uh, share with us, uh, we would be more than happy to uh, add that into the collection from Kyra's Kitchen. Or if you have uh, something that you've been looking for, yes, um, maybe a, uh, a you know, suggestion, a suggestion, yeah, a, for a, something a, a you're trying to theme yes. idea, even, yes, whatever. Uh, you can email us uh, either way. Good mornings at wfin.com, and uh, we'll pass that along. Recipes from Kyra's Kitchen this morning. My wife, Kyra, thanks very much for dropping by. You're welcome. And that will put a wrap on our podcast for today. Want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, as always, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, goodmornings.net. We invite you to check out our little corner of the World Wide Web. And coming up on Monday, because family stability means more than just having a roof over your head, Habitat for Humanity is launching one of its first financial opportunity center programs here in Findlay, Hancock County. We'll learn a lot more about it until Monday morning. That is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day and a great weekend. We'll catch you back here next week.